Welcome to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Listen to in-depth discussions about different legal fields and hear insights and lessons learned from practitioners across our enterprise. Welcome to episode two of the podcast celebrating the 50th birthday of the Legalman rating. Today's episode is on Legalman on the Front Lines. My name is Ellen One Kevin Santos. I'm with Expeditionary Strike Group 3. And today joining me is Senior Chief Kevin Jarris from Region Legal Service Office Northwest. Good afternoon, Senior. Hey, thanks for having me, Ellen One. Uh, glad to be talking to you today. Uh, so, yeah, ready to get started. Let's go. Awesome. Thank you, Senior. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, Senior, when did you join the Navy? Um, I joined the Navy in the fall of 2000, so about 21 years ago. 21 years ago. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Um, what What made you decide to join Navy? Why Navy over any other branch? <laughs> well, really, uh, I went to high school in Arizona, and I wanted to live close to the the ocean, close to the water, and uh, specifically San Diego. So I knew there were Navy bases there, so I went to the Navy recruiter and asked, uh, hey, can you get me to San Diego? And, and they did. So that's why I joined the Navy. Oh, excellent choice. Yeah, they, they, they say it's America's finest city here in sunny San Diego, and I, and I totally see why. So um, when you first came into the Navy, uh, what rate did you come in as, and, and why did you cross-rate over to LegalMint? Um, so when I came in, uh, unfortunately, I didn't go to the recruiter really prepared to talk about uh, what job I was going to do. So um, he kind of selected undesignated seamen for me. Uh, so I showed up to the USS Princeton, uh, which is a cruiser CG-59, and I was in deck division. And after a uh, pretty long deployment that uh, went over September 11th time frame, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, I was pretty worn worn out when I got back and looking to kind of find an easier rate than being in deck or being a bosun's mate. So, um, yeah, so I linked up with the folks at the trial service office there in San Diego, and they got me uh, to LN school in, uh, let me see, October of 2002. October 2002. Okay, cool, cool. Where was uh, your first command after you graduated from justice school there in 2002? Uh, my first command was the Navy Legal Service Office in Naples, Italy. And uh, back then, you didn't get to really pick your uh, where you're going next from, you know, you didn't get to pick your orders at NJS. You, It was ahead of time. And the only choice I had was, uh, hey, do you want to go to either Japan or Europe? And I said, eh, I prefer Europe. So they, they kind of picked Naples for me. So yeah, that was my first job in in um, in the legalman rating. Interesting. You know, it, it, it's so fascinating how far we've come with detailing and how different it is, you know, um, with my Navy assignment and everything else. But that is that is so cool that that's you know how you wound up there. Um, since then, you you went to a, a number of very unique um, commands and billets and communities that not a lot of legal men uh, get the opportunity to go to, or even made aware that they have uh, places for legal men there. Um, can can you kind of describe some of those uh, billets that you've fulfilled since then? Yeah, sure. Um, about midway through my uh, through my tour in Naples, the Iraq War started heating up a little bit, and 
They're asking through NILSC for, uh, for some volunteers to head out to support uh, task forces around the world um, in support of the global war on terrorism as uh, individual augmentees. And three of us over in Naples volunteered. Uh, they sent one guy to Iraq, another one to uh, Gitmo, and I was sent to Honduras. So got down there, and there wasn't a ton of legal work there, so I was occupying my time with the search and rescue team and doing some jungle training and some helicopter stuff and rappelling and stuff and uh, really testing my my physical capabilities in the in the heat down there and uh, but I really enjoyed it so when I was up for orders next time um, I was like hey you know what is there something kind of I could do that's not an office or that they got folks doing some sort of operational stuff so I applied for one of the special warfare groups out in uh, out in California and, oh, awesome uh, and and yeah, that's where I went from there. Very cool. Well, that's, you know, you don't hear a lot of folks, you know, deploying to, to um, hot zones um, or even, you know, places like Central America and support of that as a legal man. So that's incredibly unique. Um, I know you said you volunteered for, for these individual augmentees or these IAs, um, but for some of these other billets, there was a selection process. Uh, for any legal man who's interested in, in getting into these types of communities, can you kind of um, describe or walk us through what that selection process looked like? Well, um, I could really only speak for like the special warfare community I've spent, um, and that's just because I spent eight years there. Um, and for the, let me see, for for the group at the group level, uh, group one where I was at, there, the screening process, and and this this is a few years back, um, wasn't wasn't very uh, extensive. It was essentially just, you know, they wanted to talk to my cell and see if I was uh, if I'd be a, a good enough dude to uh, to work with those folks. Um, so that's kind of the extent of it. But I've worked for other uh, special warfare entities that have required, you know, like a 20-page written application. And oh wow. And you know much more thorough um, examinations, whether they're physicals or uh, or mental stuff. Um, so there are all sorts of types of uh, applications processes in um, in the spec in the spec war community, kind of depending on how sensitive the uh, the job is and the mission is. Yeah, no, that's that's good information for anybody interested in this type of stuff. Is you know be prepared for a lengthy you know process or a. a application, if you will, to, to get into these spots and, you know, be ahead on that. How did, you know, working with the spec war commands and being in that community, how did they respond to you as a legal man with your unique skill set um, and, and coming, you know, to bringing that to their table, so to speak? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, cause as a legal man, first of all, they don't interact with many legal men. Um, and you're kind of viewed as like another one of the admin folks sort of, except for you're legal. So legal gets a special office, right? Um, but you know, you're, that's kind of your office and you know, no one's going to, um, and, and actually I should say some of the folks are kind of wary of legal folks and Jags and LNs anyway. So, um, folks aren't like going in there asking you to get in the mix and get involved in a lot of stuff. Um, so you kind of have to do that on your own. And, and I've noticed there's kind of like a sort of a learning curve to it, right? You gotta, you gotta get there. You gotta do a good job as being a legal man, but you also kind of have to build credibility with the, with the operators and some of the, um, 
some of the senior folks, some of the senior decision makers there, so you could get maybe involved in some of the training missions and some of the other uh, higher-level discussions um, so you're not just sitting in the office uh, just waiting on legal work. Interesting, interesting. So so in your words, senior, how, how do you feel like you best supported that mission being a legal man, or how do you think anyone should approach supporting this type of mission as a legal man? Um, you know, I don't... I'll say this: uh, it's it's hard, right? It's because because you want to go in and you, you want to be uh, you know you want to be included and involved in everything, and um, you know, and then um, and and in in every discussion. But you know that that process of just just building credibility and getting folks to be like, yeah, that's Jarris. He's a good dude, right? Um, you know, you kind of have to and. I don't think this is specific to the spe- to the special warfare community. It's probably it could be like this. I don't have experience with the CVs, but it could be like that. There could be like that in some sort of aviation squadrons, um, where there's this community and the culture there, and then you're kind uh-huh. of an outsider coming in and, and uh, kind of having to, um, you know, it, it, be accepted. You know what I mean? And, yeah, um, no, I see I what mean, you're saying, senior. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, that's 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 awesome. It's it's that networking aspect that you you know it's it's difficult to teach and and even more difficult to master. But it takes a lot of effort. Um, once you 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 put all that in there and you and you got yourself invested and and you made your your you know your shipmates around you see what you were bringing to that mission. Where where did you um, get to deploy to? What sort of locations um, and what sort of missions were you in support of? Um, well, so I can talk back in uh, back in '07. I was fortunate enough to be able to go with the uh, uh, with the task force out there to uh, to Iraq. So I spent a um, uh, good time in um, uh, Fallujah, Iraq, in '07 and '08. Um, oh wow! And then, and then later in, later on in my career, I was able to get to uh, Africa and eventually Afghanistan. And uh, yeah, each deployment supported operational task forces that um, yeah did a did a variety of missions in those locations. Oh no, that's so awesome, you know. And and I'm sure your recruiter, you know, his his goal of getting you in so as to get you to San Diego. If he could only see you now after you globe trotted around the world to all these locations, that's so cool. Um, in 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 this career of yours, senior these these 21 years, what would you say your your proudest moment has been? Um, well, it's hard to, to really say what my proudest moment is, uh, because wherever I was, you know, and, and being a legal man, you're never really going to receive the training to, uh, be one of the folks who lands on the X on a certain mission or kicks in a door. Or, oh, I see. Or does stuff like that. So, you know, those uh-huh. folks are in my, in my view are like the heroes and the ones that we should all be proud of. Right. So it's hard to kind of <laughs> take like a victory lap about anything I, I really did when folks were putting themselves in a lot more danger than, than I was. But, um, you know, I, I'd say, I'd say maybe my main thing I'm proud of is 
that I was proudest of at the time, at least, was my EXW qualification, and that was, um, you know, that was in uh, 07 we started that. Um, I think we were one of the first units to um, to, to start that that qual. And uh, so the PQS and all the line items were new, and, you know, the operators were great because they helped us out a lot and took a lot of time in each line item. All the practical things, we didn't just do walkthroughs, we did the whole thing, whether it was building shelters or, you know, firing some sort of heavy piece of machinery or something. We, we, we did it all. And then, so it took a good chunk of our deployment to actually finish and qualify. And then it was right before, you know, flights left to come home that we got our pins. And that was my first warfare pin. And I was really, really proud of it at the time. I felt like I really earned it. And I still am uh, very proud of it today. No, senior, that's so neat, you know, to be, to be, you know, someone who's molding that program and, and something that's such a, you know, pillar and foundational of our, our war fighters today. Um, that's so, so cool. Um, it, the flip side to that, if, if you could go back in time at any point in your career, is there anything you, you would have changed? And, and if so, why? Hmm. Okay. That, that's a good question. I think if there's anything I could change. I would say, um, I mean, I like being a legal man a lot. I think there are rates that I probably would have, um, you could kind of go a little bit farther in as far as your training and as far as getting involved a little bit more in operations. And I think maybe Intel would have been, would have been good for me. Um, but I really, really uh, value all the all the folks I've deployed with and, and worked with the Jags, especially, and um, I'm, I'm close to them still to this day. Um, but I guess if I could do anything over, is you know I was away from between you know eight years in a special warfare community and a couple ships. Um, I was away from Navy Legal Service Command for 14 years, and I, I would have done a better job in that time to maintain my connection to the uh, to, to Nilsk um, because because those are folks you're going to see around and that you could use as resources and you know right. that was um, you, you kind of get wrapped up in, in in some of this other stuff and um, and and you don't cut, and you don't foster that uh, that connection um, like you should sometimes and that's uh, that's that's what I would have done probably differently. Interesting. No, great, great food for thought for, for all of us, uh, future leaders out here and, and those of us, you know, looking to make that next move. Um, but with that in mind, do you have any words of wisdom for today's legal men and, and our next generation of, of leadership coming in here? Um, sure. A couple. Um, so first, you know, it's, it, it's tough sometimes, uh, when, uh, w- when you go to these operational units, right? Uh, r- regardless of what it is, sometimes LNs are always going to be on the manifest, going to whatever sort of forward operating base the the unit's going to. Sometimes, sometimes the LNs aren't included, and you kind of got to work your way and, and show that you're valuable enough to take um, and just kind of right. credibility. So I think I think you should go in with that goal is to always be as close to uh, to the operators as possible. Um, um, 
and to get to know people and to really try to try to build credibility early on and get involved in any any meeting. Um, you know, if you see some periodic uh, operation planning meetings or whatever it is, coordination meetings, um, and you know, legal isn't typically there. Um, just go if you can. If they shut the door on you, okay. But if they don't, just go sit in there. And after about three or four of those meetings, uh, they'll start recognizing you, and then you'll start you'll find a spot eventually where you can weigh in, and then you'll become like a critical part of this meeting. And then you'll be able to spot opportunities, whether it's a TAD, whether it's some sort of training, whether it's some sort of uh, short or long-term TAD, and you get involved in that, and um, then you're then you're just like one of the go-to folks. And that's uh, that's how I kind of approach any sort of job with uh, with an operational unit um, is to just kind of break out of that. You know, the the office is great, right? You always have to be be um, uh, proficient at your legal work and you know attention to detail and make sure that legal mission's done but you know the the greater command mission um, impact that as much as you can and then also what that does is the person who comes into that command behind you um, they're already going to be set up right they won't have as big of a as big of a um, learning curve or whatever it is um, getting their foot in the door in some of these things so they'll be set up for success and then they could even take it to to the next level beyond that and I'm sorry what was the second part of the question uh, that was that was really yeah moving forward you know legal men interested in in these types of billets or, or getting into the spec work community you know what what advice would you provide them in that sort of situation so I think yeah you hit the nail on the head with that one um, in in wrapping up here today senior um, where where do you see the the legal men rating moving towards in the future in the years to come what do you want to see uh, legal men more involved with in order to support your duties on the front lines. So I would like to see legal men well, I, we have zero legal men at at any of the combatant commands, the geographic or functional combatant commands. We have no more legal men billets. Um, at one time we did. We don't anymore. We have Navy judge advocates there, uh, but they're, the paralegals are Army and Air Force primarily, and and those Army and Air Force paralegals are fantastic. They're they're great at doing uh, at researching op law, and they know all the um, all the authorities and you know the references and and they could they could help with legal reviews with pretty high level stuff um, and LNs we're just not we're just not kind of trained the same way and we don't have that same kind of expectation um, so I would right. like I would like LNs to uh, be more involved in, in op law and and then eventually you know get one of these uh, get one of these billets in uh, in one of these combatant commands. No, that's that's awesome and an, an excellent point, senior, and something you know that is a, a great idea that we should be um, aspiring to in the years to come. So thank you for that. Um, thank you, senior uh, chief, for taking your time this afternoon um, and discussing uh, your diverse uh, career and your diverse billets in celebration of the Legalman Ratings' 50th birthday here. Um, and it just kind of shows again the the gambit of what can be expected of a legal man at any given times, you know, and, and, and what a legal man on the front line really entails and what that looks like. So thank you for sharing that with us today. 
Yeah, and if I, if I could add just one thing, um, I was thinking about it a minute ago, but, like, you know, there are a lot of folks, there are a lot of JAGs who are still in who, who volunteered as individual augmentees, and they did a lot of great things in both Iraq and uh, and Afghanistan and other places. And, and there there aren't a whole lot of legal men left who, uh, who are part of that old uh, Task Force 134 yeah. in Iraq. But uh, um, I do know there, that there are one or two. I know... Um, I know Mass Chief Adams out in uh, out in Midlands was in Afghanistan. So there, there are a few legal men still left who uh, who are part of that global war on terrorism. Actually, boots on the ground. So, um, and if you see one of them around, I'd, I'd recommend that anyone ask them their story. And uh, because every single deployment is unique. Every time I talk to these folks, their deployments are unique. Their experiences are unique. Um, way different than mine. And uh, yeah, um, so it's 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 good and it's a great way to. Kind of celebrate the legal men, uh, uh, the legal men heritage. Yes, senior. No, this our heritage is something we cherish and something that we need to celebrate and 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 what we will turn to in building to the future. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, and yeah. Just sorry. One last thing. This is one one final thing. But hey, um, I did see your video on uh, social media because you you, <laughs> you did one of those fifty facts things. It was a great one, by the way. If anyone if anyone's listening, I don't know if people listen to these, but if if you are listening, you got to look at the uh, where can they find your video announcing one of these facts? Um, and can you talk about that for a second? Because this is this is really really cool what they're doing for the LN fiftieth. Oh, yes, yes, of course, Senior. Thank you so much for that. Um, Yes, a a large group of us volunteered to share legal men rating facts, um, and they're being posted on the U.S. Navy JAG Corps Facebook page. So if you just go to Facebook, search U.S. Navy JAG Corps, you can see these. But each one of us uh, shares a a very unique fact about the legal men rating, whether it's the rating badge or the or the history or the statistics of our or community. Um, and if you're interested and you want to know more about your rate or you want to learn something new about the legal men rating, um, tune in. I know I sure learned something new with with a lot of these videos. These are great little facts, and it's all done in an effort to celebrate. Yep, our upcoming birthday, the Big Five O. So check that out online as well. Awesome. And I know there's a, there's a SharePoint page coming online uh, very shortly, so folks, yes, I'm yes. sure they could check that stuff out too. So uh, yep, this is all great. This is great. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Senior, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Um, I hope you enjoyed this, and I anxiously look forward to our next episode podcast uh, as well. Thank you all. You have been listening to JAG Talk, a podcast series featuring Navy JAG community experts. Visit jag.navy.mil for additional chapters of this podcast series. Thank you for tuning in.